0: heartfelt desire to be an open and structured channel for unconditional love in the unique expression that is Rosie. <laughs> ah, I am feeling so incredibly uh, blessed, grateful, happy, joyful, hmm, ecstatic today. And I'm excited to uh to share some uh practical uh, practical hmm advice, tips, tricks, all those words come to mind. I'll say tools, some practical tools that I've employed in my life that have uh, greatly helped my ability to uh to feel more happy, more ecstatic. Um more peaceful. Uh, And these uh, language shifts and uh, some other changes that I'm going to share are all geared to help uh, us move out of our head and into our hearts. So uh, so this episode is inspired by a lovely goddess, a friend of mine that I uh, was conversing with last night. And... Uh, she made the comment to me that I'm uh, something, something to the effect of I'm I'm very good at being in my heart, and um, I was so touched by that comment. Uh, it meant so much because I I can look back at my life and realize how much. Uh, how much practice, how much growth, how much development—it's—it's uh, it's re- that has been required of me in order to move more into my heart and into my body and out of my head. I was ex- exceedingly intellectual uh, as a child and as an adolescent, um, very much in my head, very much used my intellect um, as as a as a defense to. Uh, as, as as a defense, also as a way to, to connect, and I, I do love communication, and I love sharing ideas, concepts, um, and all of those things, the, the mental aspect of being human is super beautiful. And um, to the extent that we are getting lost in the mind instead of being aware of it and using it as a tool... Um, we actually become like subservient to the mind. We become uh, a slave to it, per se. And so these tools that I'll share here are to help uh, create more perspective. Uh, in order to move us like kind of to a broader like a a zoomed out view so that we we start to realize more that we are we are not our mind and we are not our body and we are not our emotions uh, that that who we are in our essence is something that is conscious and aware of all of those different aspects of being human and uh, and and has both the pleasure and the responsibility to act as the director of those different components, uh, and to, to direct them, to navigate them, to manage them in a way that is conducive to, um, to, to an overall, uh, more expansive way of being. Uh, so one of my, one of my favorite ways, um, like like I said, I love communication. One of my favorite ways to to refine myself, to fine tune myself, to uh, to shift a- into ways that that I want to be more of, um, is to is to notice and and tweak my language. Uh, so to notice and tweak how I'm speaking, to notice and tweak how I am, how I'm thinking. Um, and, and language as far as words and concepts, so, so verbal language uh, is very exemplary of what is going on underneath the surface. It's not the same thing as what's going on underneath the surface. Um, and it does exemplify what's going on underneath the surface. So similar to, um, like you can't like Tell what's going on with someone just by looking at them, and you can you can get some really good clues about what's going on inside someone by looking at them. Uh, so la- language is very similar. You you can get a really good idea about what's going on inside yourself based on the language that you're using in your self talk, in your talk with other people, um, how how we write, how we. Um, what are other ways that we talk? I'm I'm gonna trail off here. Y'all get what I mean. <laughs> I'm I'm gonna guess that y'all are smart enough and intuitive enough to get what I mean. Okay. Okay. Um. Uh, so, so noticing how we're speaking and then refining our language in a way that um, brings us closer to to our hearts, to a deeper truth within ourselves, um, to our spirits. Uh, is one way to use our mind as a tool to kind of like hack into our programming. And this can be really difficult because language... Uh, patterns are very embedded. Many of us are using operating on language programs that we've we were taught as children um, that we've been operating on for years. And it takes it takes time to reprogram these things. It takes dedication. It takes lots of self-compassion because it's not going to be perfect. That's been a big part of my process is learning um, like that that I'm just because I'm aware of a language pattern that I want to change doesn't mean it's just automatically going to shift. It's going to be uh, a regular, like, oh, noticing it. Oh, I did that again. And, and oh, Rose, like, I, I love you. You know, <laughs> I, I hear you, you know, and, and accessing, like, what is the deeper, what is the deeper sentiment that I actually mean uh, to express? Because the the more that we can get in touch with the deeper, sentiment that we want to express, instead of just kind of the, the coding on top that we've been taught to say to express what we actually mean, um, th- then we can bring more integrity to what we're saying. Um, and, and in that, we actually end up actualizing more integrity um, in our life in general, in our relationships, in our actions, in our emotions, etc., uh, so I I love language, uh, hacking into ex- you know, changing one's experience through language, um, and uh, I I will say too before del- diving into this specific um, specific tools that I have to offer that, um, and I share this because I went through this myself that if we are. Reprogramming so much language, especially all at once in a way that is um, not maybe like betting heads with like trauma that we've experienced. Um, Our body isn't necessarily going to receive all of the new um, like light language that we have to offer it. Um, and, and that that for me, was a really like messy process, like you know, getting really into neurolinguistic programming and positive affirmations and quantum languaging and really trying to like reprogram my experience. And yet I, I started experiencing like these bigger and bigger emotions and what felt like more dissonance in my life, um, really because I was running into the contrast of what I was trying to welcome in. Um, and and that was challenging because it, it took time to see to see the fruits of my labor, so to speak. Um, and and it is also imperative in the process of reprogramming the mind to to also get in touch with the body and to allow for the body to feel and to be honest with oneself about the present moment. So. Um, so j- for example, just because, um, just because I may want to re like, let go of, um, uh, let go of a, a programming pattern, like saying like, there's something that I need, for example, and I will, I'll delve into that more in a minute. Um, if I'm, if I'm letting go of this like idea that there's anything that I need, um, or, or that for the most part, like I don't need anything, and yet in some moment I find myself really like feeling like I need this. I need this. It, it's just as important to express that that feeling of need honestly as it is to um, to maintain a, a larger perspective of being open to letting go of that perceived need over time. Um, th- this is this kind of language shifting um, protocol and reprogramming the mind is not a substitute for um, for embracing what is present in the moment, particularly in the emotions and in the body. It's actually a way to to integrate those things. So each person's experience on this journey is going to be different and I always support and encourage everyone to be you and to be as authentically you as you can in each moment um, while also being open to a, a greater and expansive perspective of who you are in in your glory in your greatness to the extent like to the extent that you can see and and to even be open to like there being more than you can even imagine um that that is that is able to be integrated and harnessed and and utilized and embraced um over time uh and and that can be a really like tricky thing for our human experience you know linear time like the illusion of linear time and and things things take time um to, to manifest, um, and, um, manifestation is, is in itself a muscle that we can learn to exercise and make stronger and then see, um, see our desires actualize, um, faster and faster, um, and see greater desires manifest, uh, over time. Greater and greater desires manifest over time. Okay. So, A few words that I'm going to uh, point to that have been, in my experience, uh, largely unnecessary (laughs) to a more more conscious way of being. Uh, The word should. I should, I should not. The word should. What does the word should imply? To me, the word should implies that there is something that um, that I, that I ought to do. There's a, there's a connotation of, um, something outside of, like, some kind of authority dictating that, that, that thing is the best route. Um, there's, there's an implication that it's something that I'm doing because I feel like I have to rather than because I want to. Um, so, so that word should, um, I found to be largely unnecessary. I found to be largely like inaccurate to really express what I mean. Um, I'll delve into that a little more after I list these other few terms. So the word need, um, Again, what does that mean? It, it insinuates a uh, an, an absolute um, uh, an absolute an absolute requirement for. Um, let me tell y'all, there are very few things, very few things in life that you actually require, um, like air, uh, a little bit of food, a little bit of water, uh, um, some people don't even need those, is my understanding, shout out to the breatharians, um, a little bit of food, a little bit of water, and, and c- connection and relationship, um, probably with other people, at least with yourself. Those are the things that I'm gonna suggest like anyone actually needs needs. Other than that, like you don't need it. (laughs) Um you want it. Or or maybe you don't want it, but you perceive that you want it. Maybe you perceive that you need it. That kind of languaging uh, of I perceive that I need it has been miraculous for me. Just being able to create a little bit of space when I'm noticing an a, an old thought pattern come up of I I quote unquote I need something, um, and then and then noticing that and saying out loud actually oh I'm perceiving that I need X Y Z um, creates a little bit of space that allows me to step back and recognize more accurately like where that sentiment is coming from okay so should need have to that term um I have to I have to I have to again you you don't you don't have to only thing you have to do in life is once you've once you've been conceived is die basically that i and and who knows I mean maybe there's people who have figured out how to how to live forever I'm open to that um The point is that these terms are not only limiting, but but actually, like, inaccurate. Like, they're not precise the vast majority of the time. And so how can we dig deeper into our insides to actually access what we mean? Like, to actually access, like, what we're actually wanting to express? Because don't we want to be expressing both to ourselves and to other people Honestly, like with integrity, what we actually mean. Uh, so for these particular words, should need have to. Um, I I recommend that when you notice those patterns coming up, that you dig deeper into accessing like your what you want, what you desire, um, what you like, and what you're willing to do to get what you want. Okay, and and using those terms instead, um, or 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 other terms like them, whatever feels like honest to you in the moment, and as much as you can, like digging digging down deeper into your heart, into your spirit, to get to like the truth of what you're wanting to express. So so many of us have been pushed away from embracing. That we are worthy of wanting things, that we're worthy of having desires, um, and, and um, this is this is like such an atrocity, you know. Like um, we we've really like pushed away um, the fuel of of motivation, which, to my perspective, is desire. Uh, even if like your desire is to is is to serve everyone else like even if you're like in a mindset where like you don't want to give yourself anything you just want to give everything to other people um you still like that's a want that's a desire that you have and there's something actually that's feeding you in having that desire um so i found that accessing my wants my desires my likes and what I'm willing to do to get those things um, largely like replaces the need to the perceived need see right there um, to use those words like should need and and have to Um, and another trick another tool that I'll offer here is that if you find yourself really caught in those language patterns like I did of using should, need, and have to, um, that you can actually, you can build in additional language that will make using those words more precise. So for example, um, um, I'm, I, okay. So I'm, I'm like, oh, I need to get an oil change. Okay. And, and maybe it doesn't feel like true to say, I want to get an oil change for my car. Uh, what is more precise, though, is saying, oh, I need to get an oil change because I want my car to function well. I want my car to be safe, right? So, th- so adding in more nuanced understanding can, um, can help rewire our, our brains, our minds in a way that um, helps us connect, again, more to, to our desires, uh, which will ultimately give each of us more fuel, more motivation to go after, um, to well, to live life with. Um, yeah, <laughs> um, this is a really beautiful tool that I just picked up this past summer. Um, thank you to the person who offered it to me. It's it's been miraculous. Uh, so I grew up as a person who was fairly like rigid and serious and. Um, it's been a challenge for me to like learn to be lighter and to laugh and to be silly and to like make fun of myself and laugh at myself. Um, And I was offered the idea of trading seriousness for sincerity. So I've, I, (laughs) I'm not, at this point I'm I'm not sure that there's ever necessarily a need to be se- a need to be serious. Um I I find that sincerity serves me well in pretty much all of the situations that have arisen where in the past I would use the word serious or I would be embodying a serious attitude. Um, and for me, like seriousness is very much associated with my head and sincerity is very much associated with my heart. So I've made this huge shift just over the past few months of coming more into being sincere instead of being serious. Um, and, and that has done wonders for my ability to, to move from, to move from my heart. Uh, another, a, a language pattern that is so impactful and um and and rampant it runs <laughs> it runs rampant uh is is people saying i don't know um there first of all uh, of course we don't know everything per se uh, especially from the perspective of the mind um so so what i'm doing here is i'm i'm addressing a this at a different level I'm addressing it at the level of the heart at the level of intuition and and particularly referring to when people are attempting to make decisions for themselves about their lives and their cotton loops like I don't know I don't know I don't know what to do I don't know what to do um more often than not I'm gonna suggest that you you probably do know uh that that through the process of connecting with deeper, with intuition, with heart, with spirit, that that knowing can be revealed from inside of you. It it certainly is revealed inside of me more often than not. Sometimes the what is revealed is that it is time to be with the unknown, and in that there is still a a knowing, a trusting of the unknown, that the unknown will organically unfold over time to reveal that which I am desiring to know. So um, I, I've found a lot of benefit from letting go, to a large extent, not totally, of the phrase, I don't know, um, and particularly just noticing when I have the inclinations to say I don't know. And and refraining from saying I don't know and being with that sense of the unknown inside me and letting that like fall letting that open up letting it fall back um and seeing what what's underneath of it in my in my heart it's not necessarily embracing more of a language of oh I know I know uh, because that I've I've found at least for me can often like redirect me to my mind and to making more mind based decisions. Um, this one is more about not getting caught up in the mind via reinforcing the phrase I don't know, uh, and 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 noticing when we have that thought pattern or that that speaking pattern and the inclination to, um, to, to believe, to reinforce the belief that we, that we don't know, Uh, especially like in a sense that there's something lacking in our lack of present moment awareness Um, and to, and to drop back into the heart, to be with whatever feelings we're present with and to trust that over time, we can feel through our heart, through our intuition, uh, what we are, what we are seeking out that, that we'll, we will be guided from in, from inside. Uh, definitely, I <laughs> recommend, uh, when learning to shift one's language that, uh, that all, that all peoples, you know, if you feel called, if you if this resonates with you, uh, trade some talking for silence and listening, uh, learning to actively listen, first to both to yourself and to other people. Uh, So this, so an an example, so like, oh, actually, you know what, let's flashback. This is a good example for active listening. It's a good, well, it's a good reference point. Um, I, there was a teacher at my high school. This is one of the first times, probably the first time that anyone actually like illustrated to me the idea of active listening. A teacher in my high school um, illustrated how most times when most of most times when we when one human is listening to another human, as they're listening, they are planning what they're going to say next. Okay. Um, There is a a very different conversation that takes place when that is happening, uh, especially when that's happening on both ends, than in a conversation when uh, one person is fully listening to and engrossed in what the other person is saying, lets them finish totally, and then allows an organic response to emerge, not a pre-planned one, um, but one that, one that is responding to the totality of what the other person has expressed. And this is a, this is a, can be a very messy learning process because it requires, um, noticing all of the thoughts and inclinations to speak and to create our, our response and, um, and the reactions of the mind that come up while we're listening and it requires like learning to both be with those while we're listening to another person and not react to what's going on in our mind. Uh, and active listening is <laughs> uh, a a a tool that continues to uh, ch- to transform my relationships and um and I'm, I'm going to imagine relationships in general. Uh, so I, I definitely recommend practicing that skill. Uh, definitely in relationship with other people as well as, as with ourselves uh, in some kind of meditation, mindfulness practice in a space where there is, there is very little else to listen to, to be stimulated by other than what is inside. Uh, and and messiness is such a big part of learning to um, be with the alchemical process. Um, change, change, transformation, uh, growth all have messiness <laughs> with them. Uh, so really, really crucial tool that will, Uh, carry one very far through you know that 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 will be used throughout the process of growth is learning to love your messiness Uh, because this process will be bumpy it will be uncertain and it will be uncomfortable and to the extent that we can exercise a muscle of learning to trust ourselves through those uncomfortable feelings through the darkness um we can we can actually like speed up the process because we we end up not resisting the discomfort we end up learning to to continue to walk into it um with an open heart and an open mind Uh, As we, as we trust, like, hey, I've got me. Like, whoa, this feels super wildly uncomfortable and super messy. And I'm, I'm okay. Like, I've got me. I trust me. I trust me. And with that, uh, stretching and working out muscles of self-compassion, self-love, and, and big one here, receiving help. (laughs) Receiving help is, is such a, uh, for me, it's, it's been, it's been, wow, what a journey to learn to work out that muscle. Um, I, and I know so many other people who, who resist receiving help, who have acknowledged to me that they resist, re, (laughs) resist receiving help. Um, and, I, I'll, I'll just offer this. And most people I know who resist receiving help are big givers. They love to give. Okay, we love to give uh, because it 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 gives something to us. Like it is it is a gift to give to other people. Like it's a gift to the self. It's a gift to me to give to other people. Like it's pleasurable. It feels purposeful. It feels intentional. It feels meaningful choosing to reject help choosing to not receive help is actually preventing another person from experiencing the benefits and the fruits of of giving um so if so if you're someone who like like me who is still learning to receive more and more and you do you deserve to receive um just re, uh, attempt to to reprogram that in your mind to to integrate the idea that it is it is a gift to to the person who is offering you help. It is a gift to the person who um, who you trust to ask, who who you're learning to trust to ask for help. It is a gift to someone to be able to give to you. And what a beautiful thing that is! Hmm. Beautiful thing to experience, giving and receiving uh, from the heart. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <laughs> I, I, uh, I love I love giving myself hugs. I love uh, I love asking other people to give themselves hugs from me, and uh, it's something that I. I love doing every day is I'm, I'm gonna do it right now I'm like I'm like as I'm talking about it I'm like oh I want a hug <laughs> ah, ah, hugs from other people also super wonderful beautiful totally totally and uh, uh the the experience of giving one's self a hug which for me um uh, You know, there was, there was like resistance to doing that at first. There was embarrassment. There was, it felt vulnerable. It felt like shame, you know, all these feelings around it, right? Like just the, just the experience of, of learning to give myself an intimate hug. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Has, has so much moved me. Deeper into my heart, out of my head, and into my heart, embracing my my body and my feeling and my spirit for all that it is, um, and also reminding me that I am greater than the sum of my parts, um, that I that I'm taking care of myself, that I am I am consciousness is is taking care of my body is taking care of my mind is taking care of my emotions um so so self hugs and other practices that help us get in touch with our bodies that help us feel and cultivate more body awareness stretching yoga um, other other activities other physical activities can be can can enhance body awareness as well and, um, if you are new to body awareness practice, I, if you're only participating in activities that are fairly fast, there's probably nuance to, to your body awareness that you're missing. So I, um, I definitely, I, have benefited from employing practices that require slowing down. Hmm. Hmm. Mm hmm. And continuing to to embrace being with the present moment. Yeah, whatever is there. Uh, and also giving ourselves permission to say, oh wow, there's this there's this big thing here, and maybe I, I don't have time or space to unpack it right now. And I can I can acknowledge that it's there. I can give it a little love. I can I can touch it and go and I can I can wrap it up real nice and put it on my on my heart shelf. Put it on a shelf in my heart. Um give it a little kiss and and appreciate that I'll come back to it. That it that it will still be there. Um because it it will be until I unpack it. <laughs> yeah i i so desire that uh the content of this podcast is uh opening for you that it is that it is offering you tools and stimulation that brings you more uh into deeper connection with yourself um i have so much love for for i have so much love here uh, for all that i all that i experience and uh, and certainly that's a process for me that i'm i'm continuing to unfold and um and 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 know that uh, for the, you know know for my listeners that i that i love you yeah for my listeners and for for everyone surrounding them i love you and uh, my, my intention is that, my intention, my prayer, my desire is that in me expressing that to you, that you are brought closer to love for yourself. And because that is the, that's the brightest light that we can shine is from a place of, of full, full, full self-love, full self-love a self love that at first seems to be love for the individual that we are the the body, mind, emotions that we have as as a as a unit as a part of the whole, and it's a love that, as we develop it, uh, we start to understand, we start to know. That that love is exemplary of the love that we have for for the whole of all that is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. This has been episode five of the Naturally Rosy podcast. I'm just over here being naturally rosy, being myself, <laughs> to the best of my ability every day. Um you can find me on Instagram and Twitter and substack uh, at Naturally Rosie. My podcast is on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, I'm aiming to get it up on YouTube soon as well. Uh, I do have a paid subscription option for my substack that provides you with a little extra content. Um, both as it's published there are are some things occasionally that i publish that are only for paid subscribers uh and also you'll have access to my full archive of of past um past publications um it's five dollars and 55 cents a month honestly to me it's it's more of a sentiment of you love what i'm doing and you want to support it um And most of my content is free because I love creating and I want to share. Uh, So uh, however you fit into that, I am so glad you're here and and so thrilled that you're being you. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Much love and uh, until next time, hasta luego.